0: Our closing and concluding the series mind of christ that we have looked been looking into over the last several weeks and uh, i know you've all been enjoying it amen how many been enjoying that series <laughs> amen thank you for being so kind <laughs> praise god and uh, we have uh, looked over the last several weeks into the, uh, what it means uh, to to have this battle in our hearts and minds and we're going to conclude with that today Uh, our key text has been philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 where it says let this mind be in you as it was also in christ jesus it is the commandment of god the instruction of the lord to give to us uh, this idea of adopting god's mind the mind of christ and so i want to look at uh, mark chapter 5 if you have your bibles with you why don't we stand in honor of the word of god Mark chapter 5, verse number 2, and I've got quite a lengthy reading, but I want to read this because I want you to get the story. Mark chapter 5, verse number 2, and and for those of you that were here this morning, can I just get a show of hands? How many of you were here in the first service in our 915? Would you raise your hands? Wonderful. Thank you. Praise God. Mark chapter 5, verse number 2, and I'm going to read quickly. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. This was a horrible, horrible situation. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and in the chains had been plucked asunder by him. He was strong. He was supernaturally empowered in his physical condition because of the spirits that were in him, and and neither could any man tame him. Verse number 5, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went down and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. Not not even the pigs could stand the devils. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Verse 14, and they fed the swine, fled, and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus. They come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Amen. Having a right mind sometimes can make people afraid. I want to talk to you about this same thought, having a right mind. Amen. Would you pray one more time and ask the Lord to bless us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to minister to us once again. Anoint your servant. Anoint your people, O God, that we may hearken to your voice, that we may understand your truth and come to the knowledge of your word. Anoint your people and your servant to the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you clap your hands one more time and give them praise. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. Having a right mind. Amen. We have been looking over uh, several weeks of this thought uh, about the mind of Christ. And uh, we've come to understand that the Spirit of God moves upon a person. And, and uh, they can receive the gospel and hearken to the voice of God and are baptized in, your name, in his name. And what a tremendous experience that is when we are baptized in the name of Jesus and he washes away our sins and he fills us with the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is what it means to be born again. This is what it means to be saved. And this is how we apply the gospel into our lives and what a tremendous uh, change it brings. Uh, and Yet for, for many, somehow even believers who have been walking with God for some time, yet they can still be living lives that seems like they're devoid of the presence of God. Uh, I've been walking with God long enough to understand and to know that, that even though we can be a, a Christian, we can be in the house of God, we can be in the church, yet somehow we are still living lives that are uh, somewhat feels like we're falling so short to to what God had intended for us. And I submit to you that is because when you are born again, He regenerates your spirit. You become a new creature in Christ, but yet your mind is still not renewed. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, the Bible says, "...to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed." Amen. That, that word transform, again, I, I'm just reiterating time and again, I hope you're getting this, is to be metamorphosized, like to go from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Uh, you have to be changed and transformed. And how that happens is not, you know, Optimus Prime turning from a truck to a, to a robot or a bumblebee from a, uh, a beetle to a, to a robot. But the Bible says we have to renew our minds. We've got to think new. We've got to think afresh. We've got to have a a new way of thinking. Amen. And this is what it means to be saved and to, to renew your minds is that even though your spirit is regenerated and your name is secured in the Lamb's book of life in heaven and you've secured, you've reserved your spot in heaven where Jesus said he has prepared a mansion for us in his Father's house, yet our minds could still be struggling and continuing to follow the beggarly elements of the world. And and in some situations, in worst case scenarios, people walk away from God. And and perhaps the the text and the story that we read here this morning, this is perhaps the worst case scenario where a person uh, is not only Uh, degenerated and separated from his world and his society but he is demonized and his life is an absolute tragedy of a story thankfully you don't see this happening too often uh, in scripture but it does happen where the spirit the demons have taken over uh, this person to where his mind was corrupted Amen. And I I want you to understand that even though you might be born again, uh, you've still got to uh, cause your mind to grow. You've got to continue to develop your understanding. That's why it says in the, the book of Proverbs that with all you're getting, get understanding. Amen. Praise God. Because the Bible tells us it's so important that with all of your getting, with all of your pursuing, pursuing after money, pursuing after wealth, pursuing after this, that, and the other, the greatest thing that you could pursue is the understanding of God's Word because the Word of God is what will bring you change amen I've seen it so often I've seen it too many times people who have been Christians for long periods of time yet they continue to walk in defeat they come into the house of God with their heads bowed down and the tail between their legs and their uh, their shoulders are slumped and, and there's no joy they can't even put a smile on their faces it's as if God had abdicated his position on the throne and that he was no longer in charge and, and I think man these people are born again they've been walking with god it's simply because they have not allowed their minds to grow and to be renewed and to be changed Amen. But can I tell you, your mind is so powerful. Your mind is so strong that even though you might be going through the hardship of your life, even though there may be hell going on all around you on the outside, let me tell you, if you still got your mind, if you still got your, your thought life, and you are still in connection with God, I want you to know that God is still going to bless you. God will come through upon your life. Hallelujah come on somebody that's why some people look at your life and they think with what you've been through with the hell and the mess that you have gone through in your life you should have given up a long time ago you should be in an asylum with padded walls rocking back and forth speaking words that are not understandable but yet you're still in the house of God why because even though I don't have all the money that I want even though I don't have my dream job I still got God in my mind I've still got my mind. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, it's the greatest asset that you have. It's the greatest thing that you could have because you might be going through hell and high water, and yet you still got your mind. You want to get up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus, that I've still got my mind and my thoughts, that I've still got you on my side. Hallelujah, you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? Praise God. We've got to get our minds to catch up with our spirits. We've got to transform by renewing our thoughts. We've got to get God's word into here. I don't know about you, but I've lived my life too long walking in junk, walking in darkness, walking in defeat, in drugs and alcohol and abuse. I want to get my mind in the right place. I want to get my thoughts thinking about God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because it all starts with a thought. That's why I say time and again, you know Jeff Arnold, he said he, they asked him who who is your favorite preacher and he says I am. Says so that's a little conceited, isn't it? That's a little arrogant. You say you're your own favorite preacher, but that's not what he meant. He meant that we all have a preacher inside of us. It's called our minds that speaks to us, that you can have the most anointed preacher preach to you. You can even have the apostles or Jesus himself descend and preach to you the word of God that will change your life, and yet there's a voice inside. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's for me. That's for that person person. person over there sitting on that row on the other side of the room we can have our minds still closed to what God is trying to tell us you can have the most anointed service and yet your mind is thinking about football or lunch or something else but hear me today if you can get your mind open enough and say God let your word come in like a two-edged sword Oh, I'm telling you it will transform the way that you walk you will be a new creature in Christ Jesus you can walk through a storm you can walk through a flood you can walk through the deepest valley darkest circumstance and yet you can still praise God you can have your you might you might not have a job you might not have a husband yet you might not have your wife but you can still come to the house of God why because my mind is stayed on Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the reason why we're emphasizing this over the last several weeks is because we have this false notion somehow if i just come to church and if I, I i got the holy ghost and i just put a little money in the bucket and i just go along that everything should be okay everything will be fine and yet we never ever change the way that we think we never ever transform the way that we view life and let me tell you the beginning of salvation the first message of salvation john the baptist when he got up and he was introducing and making the way for jesus you want to know what he preached He said, Repent. Then Jesus gets up and he begins to preach. And you know what he preached? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not coming it's not coming tomorrow it's not coming on a particular day it's not going to be in the future when we get to heaven and where we die he said the kingdom of god is right here right now it's here speaking to your heart and your mind and he said repent because the kingdom of god is right here what's repent mean repent simply means in the greek word metanoia which means to change your mind that's what you've got to do in order to access the grace of God that you might receive his forgiveness is to simply change your mind. Well, I change my mind all the time. She go to Macris, KFC, Macris, KFC. My wife is frustrated. You can never make up your mind where you want to eat. And I'm like, what about you? And when I finally make up my mind, she goes, no, I don't want to eat there. <laughs> but that's what it simply means is to change your mind. You're going to KFC. I said, you know, I really feel like a hamburger. You change, you change your direction. You got to change the direction of the car. Amen. And aren't you glad it's something as simple as simply just changing your mind? He didn't call us to go cross the seven seas or or to climb Mount Everest for us to be able to be saved. He simply simply said, Just change your mind. When Peter got up on the day of Pentecost and he began to preach, and verse 37, they said to him, Men and brethren, what shall I do? What do I have to do? I I like your preaching, preacher, but, but I need to know what I have to do to be saved. You know what he said? Repent change your mind be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and your sins will be washed away and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost I want you to know today that no matter what hell you're facing in your life right now regardless of how dark your circumstance with a simple repentance of changing your mind to say god now i want to follow you I've been walking one way i've been walking towards sin and all kinds of evil and immorality and now i hear the gospel i'm doing a 180 and i'm changing my mind to follow you i'm telling you you will receive the baptism of the holy ghost hallelujah glory to god aren't you glad god made it he made it simple but the kitty he didn't he didn't make it as something complicated, like some kind of theological maze. You know, if you can solve this riddle, you will be saved. Or if you can, if you can do this, you know, like a, the amazing race. If somehow you get to this point, oh, I got this. It, it, he made it so simple. Now it's not always easy, but it's simple. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand. You, you don't have to have a, a degree in theology to understand. He made it so simple. The things of God are simple. He said, all you got to do is repent, change your mind. We do that every day. And really, you know, li- life, is not, li- life is not like Baskin Robbins where you got 31 flavors and you have so many options. You really only have two options in life every day. You're either going to get out of bed or you're not. That was tough this morning, huh? That's why it was full, to our second service. But our first, oh Lord have mercy now. Now it was full, it was good. You're either going to go to work or you're not. You're either going to live for God or you're not. Life is, it is really quite simple. It's not easy. In fact, Jesus said, he said, the road to eternal destruction, it is wide. It is heavily traveled. It is a winding road. And he said, many people find that road. He says, but the road to everlasting life, he says, it is narrow, but the gate is straight it's not a maze it's not a winding road going through the valley and the forest he says it's very straight but listen to what he said he said but very few people find it amen if you are sitting here this morning if you are sitting here today amen you might live for another 50 100 years but can i tell you if you are sitting here and you're responding to the gospel and to his word you are one of those privileged few not because you're anything special but you're simply willing to receive you're simply willing to change your mind he made it so simple for us to understand that even if you have a, an IQ of 20 I don't know how many was his, is, is normal yet it's, it's easy to understand what it means to change your mind it's easy to understand faith faith is simply believing that's all he gave us to, to use. It's the, the access way is faith. The door to heaven and to the supernatural is faith. And, and we think that faith is just this, some kind of mystical thing that's reserved for some spiritual elites. We think that faith is for those evangelists that come over and, you know, they're speaking. We think that faith is, is something reserved for special... No, it's sim- faith is simply believing everybody has the capacity to believe it's so simple and then he said he gave us he gave us prayer again prayer is simple again prayer is not something for uh, those who are enlightened but prayer is just talking it's communication so it's just believing talking and changing your mind he made it so simple that we could understand that anybody in this room can understand what it means to believe What it means to talk and communicate, what it means to change your mind, and yet so few people do that. Why is because they refuse in their hearts and in their minds, we refuse to listen, we refuse to change our lives, we refuse to believe. But hear me today: if you can believe all things the Bible says is possible, and if you have the capacity to communicate, then today you can talk to God. Whatever your situation is, you can open up your mouth and I promise you, He will hear you. He hears every prayer that comes forth out of your heart. He bottles up every tear that falls from your eyes. It's not always easy, but it's simple. And if you got the will and the desire, then you can take a hold of God. And by the simple decision of changing your mind, Hallelujah. By a simple decision of changing your mind, it can alter the course of your life and it brings the blessings of God. We don't believe in once saved, always saved, in unconditional eternal security. We believe God's salvation is conditional because unless you repent, you can't be forgiven. You know, God's not going to save everybody just because they're a human being. Hitler's not going to go to heaven unless he repented. And as, a, you know, horrible as what he did, if he repented, is born again, he, he, he's entitled to go to heaven. There, there's only one sin that will not be forgiven, and that's the sin of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Which, again, we're not entirely sure exactly what that is, but many theologians seem to think it's the unforgivable sin, which is unforgiveness when you don't forgive. When you don't forgive your brother, when you don't forgive your spouse, when you don't forgive your, your, your family, your friends, then you cannot be forgiven. And if you're not forgiven, then you can't go to heaven. Praise God. But as simple as that. And the scriptures tell us that we, the weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. You see, there's a progression there. There's a thought, then there's uh, the the knowledge, and then there's imagination, and then there's a stronghold. The strong, a stronghold is simply a fortified structure, like a, a, a fort that's manned by soldiers that's, that's been built up to protect the people inside and to fight a warfare. And, and it begins by thoughts. That's why the Bible says you have to take captive every thought. Because sometimes, you know, somebody said we, on average, human beings think between 12,000 and 50,000 thoughts a day amen i don't know if that's true or not i can barely get through 10 thoughts a day but that's a lot of thoughts and sometimes those thoughts when they begin to come into our hearts and minds and if we dwell on them long enough if we begin to ponder on those thoughts long enough then they become a knowledge it's something that we believe and then if it's something that is knowledge that we believe, then we use our imagination or arguments. We try and grasp arguments to reinforce that belief. And until that belief becomes a stronghold in our minds. Uh, I'll give a simple example for a person who comes to church perhaps and then, uh, you know, somebody in the church didn't say hello to them. And so they have this thought in their mind. They go home and think, well... Uh, they don't like me that person doesn't like me and and they begin to dwell on that thought and they come back again the second week somebody else doesn't say hello to them and soon enough it becomes a knowledge because they start to believe that and once you believe it then they start grabbing their imaginations they're sitting at home they're driving in the car they oh, well you know come to think of it not only did that person not talk to me and that other person didn't say hello to me pastor didn't even look me in the eye he was more worried about his coffee and tea. And, and so you're like a good lawyer, a good lawyer who's presenting his case. He will grab all the evidence to support his case. And that's what we do. We use our argumentation to support our belief or our knowledge. Yeah, you know, come to think, it, and, and, and you start to believe it that you don't even see the 10 other people that said hello to you. You're, we're just focusing on that one person. Now they they could be having a bad day. They could have just lost their job. That's why they're they're sad or they didn't even see you. They're they're kind of their minds they're they're a little bit ignorant of what's going on but soon enough it becomes a stronghold in our mind don't want to come back to church and every time somebody invites them to go to to church or to read the bible they've got this stronghold this kind of thought patterns that will not be moved it's how they always respond it's it's a thought pattern it's your default mechanism of thinking that's how you always think you know if you've been brought up with a family for example as a child that that always used violence or aggression to try and resolve issues then you're going to grow up with that stronghold to where it's always aggression and whenever there's problems you you puff your chest out and you want to get violent or or maybe you grew up in a home where where you just avoid everything and don't talk about issues just run away well guess what when you grow up you're going to have the same mechanism the same default system of thinking because it's become a stronghold in your mind (laughs) it's like that husband you know who uh, he saw his wife one day cooking roast pork and getting the roast pork ready and he, he notices that she cuts one end of the roast pork and then cuts the other end and then puts it in the tray and puts it in the oven so he said man I, it's like what a waste of meat what's what's going on there he said why do you do that and the wife says i, I don't know that's kind of how my mother taught me and so one day he sees his mother-in-law hey listen uh I'm the greatest mother-in-law in the world i just want to ask you a question why is it that you and your daughter, when you make your roast pork, you cut either ends of the roast before you put it in the tray? And she said, I don't know. But I guess it's because my mother's always done it that way. So they, they, they have the family gathering and see, and, and her mother, the grandmother of his wife is still alive. She says, hey, grandma, listen, I, I've just been wondering. I'm just curious. Uh, your, your, your granddaughter, your daughter say, when they, they do the roast pork, they cut either ends of the roast, and then they put it on the tray, and then they put it in the oven. She goes, why, why do you guys do that? And grandma says, oh, that's simple. It's because my mother before me, you know, when she would put the roast, her tray was only so big, so we had to cut it off so we could fit the pork in the tray. That's exactly how strongholds work it's passed on from one generation to another and and we don't even know why we think the way that we think we don't even know why we do the things that we do amen it's become a stronghold in our minds but if it doesn't match up to the word of god that's why you got to know the bible you got to know the scriptures because if it doesn't match up to the scriptures you got the power of god and the authority in Jesus name to tear down those strongholds to remove that That negative mindset and that thinking that's always brought you destruction. We've all got family traits. I can see Stephanie's traits from her mother. My mother's here today, thank you Jesus, and my stepdad Ray. I remember growing up, my mother, she's, she's five foot nothing, she's right there. And she, we'd be in a grocery store, we'd be in the supermarket, and somebody cut her off. And my, you know, I, she doesn't care how big they are. She'd go, excuse me. And I'm there as a teenager thinking, oh, Lord. How am I going to rescue my mom out of this? I was here before you. You did. You know, and boy, she, she would let you have it. But I grew up with the same kind of. Somebody cut me off in the, while I'm driving. I'd be like, Oh, man lord just hold my christianity for a moment I'm just... I'm just being honest i'm sorry i'm just trying to be i i've still got a long way to go folks amen but the bible says it doesn't matter what the stronghold is through god we can tear them down and i'm telling you You've already been defeated because of those strongholds. But today, it doesn't matter what your external circumstances might be. It doesn't matter what material disposition you find yourself in. If you can get your mind thinking with the mind of Christ, I'm telling you, you can have the victory in every kind of storm, in every kind of weather. You can walk in the victory of God. Hallelujah! Uh, this man was possessed by a legion of demons. And I, I submit to you that this would be the worst kind of situation for anybody to find themselves in. But I believe it would have started from just a thought. A thought. I know of somebody who just with a thought, let's, let's do a seance. They decided to get together. Do a seance to try and invite some kind of spirits, some demonic spirits. And let me tell you, it's real. The devil's real because Jesus talks about the devil. Jesus affirmed the reality of Satan. But he is a vanquished foe to the Christian believer. Amen. And they, this, this group of young people, they invited the spirits. And, and one of them asked if he could enter one of them. And he did. He entered one of them. And I know this, this, this young man, and he's still demonized today. He's still affected. That happened when he was a teenager. He's now well into his 30s, maybe his 40s. I remember going to, to Indonesia on a mission trip many years ago on the island of Java uh, in a, a fairly remote place, well, near a place called Surabaya, which is the hotbed of, of Islamic fundamentalism over there. And we had a church service. And, and they brought to, to me this 15-year-old boy. And, and he, was, he was literally frothing at the mouth. His eyes were rolling back. And it took six grown men to hold him down. And, and they brought him to me. And I'm like, you pray for him. Why are you bringing him to me? I've just got a youth team with me. They said, no, you, you, you pray, Pastor. And I didn't feel particularly spiritual or authoritative. You know, i try to conjure up Lee Stone King or something to try to be. And, you know, I was a little, you know, I was tired. I was weary. <laughs> Again, confession time. But, but I, just, I just simply had the thought in my, in my mind. Hang on a minute. Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also. And greater than these. He said in Mark 16, he talks about, he says that we should cast out devils in his name. So it wasn't about how I was feeling. It wasn't necessarily about how, how deep my thoughts were. But it was simply stepping out in faith in the name of Jesus Christ and this boy was struggling so i said okay i got the team gathered around i said in the name of jesus christ that's all i said in jesus name ca- get out of him and within moments this boy his body all the tension just released from his body and all of the, the his eyes came back to and and his mouth stopped shaking and, and and i said in jesus name you're set free and i said that's not the, the end of it he needs to receive the holy spirit because those demons could come back according to what jesus taught with seven other demons were than the first and so we prayed for him that god would fill him with the holy ghost and he was filled with the spirit of god speaking in other tongues that's how we knew he got the holy ghost he was speaking a heavenly language that was familiar to me and that day that boy was baptized in jesus name and wash away his sins can i tell you that the power of god is still real that's the worst case scenario where a thought becomes a knowledge and belief and a stronghold amen and well it possessed his mind but when jesus came along the scene the bible says that this demonized legion he came and worshiped jesus did you hear that he still was able to worship god even though he had a legion Demons in him, nothing could stop that man from worshiping God. I want you to know you have the ability to worship God, and God's power can set you free. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. We started with a thought, and what you put in is what you will get out. Garbage in, garbage out. You got to change your habits if you're always questioning if you're always negative it's because you entertain thoughts of negativity you're watching stuff that's not good for your spirit you're you're listening to stuff that is not conducive to your spiritual benefit no wonder you continue to struggle in your walk with god you've got to change your habits you've got you've got to turn off netflix every now and then you've got to turn off a uh, negative uh, stories every now and then and get your mind filled with the word of god enter into the presence of God and let his spirit wash over your mind hallelujah Hallelujah. glory to God your mind is your most precious asset and and nobody can will to you nobody can make you follow God that Jesus said uh, you know when, when he talked about the the uh, the, the parable was not a parable about Lazarus and the rich man. And the rich man says, he was in hell. He says, go and tell my brothers, you know, not to go here. And he said, even if somebody comes from the dead, they won't listen. Even if somebody's resurrected, a person will still close their mind to God. Who Nobody can will to you to open your heart and your mind to God. You have to decide for yourself. Uh, you, Most of you know my story. I couldn't live for God for very long because I, I went back after two months of having the Holy Ghost. I went back to drugs. I went back to partying. I went back to living an immoral lifestyle. You know, I, I really thought in that one year, I thought, well, you know, I tried Christianity. I, I just it's just not for me. You know, I mean, my brother was still going to church. you know, you go for it. It's just not me. I just tried it. It wasn't for me. You know, it took something as serious as death. I saw death in the face. I was dying from the drugs that I was doing that I literally came running back to church on a Wednesday night and said, Pastor, please baptize me because I'm going to go to hell. It took something as serious as death knocking on my door for me to open up my mind and my heart. If you are here today, let me tell you, you didn't come here of your own accord, but the Bible says no man can come to God except the Father draw him. If you don't want to come to God, it's probably because God is not drawing you amen but if you hear his voice the bible says don't harden your heart and your mind but in the day of provocation but open up your heart i've got to wrap this up i'm sorry no matter no matter how old you get in god you can never let your spirit get to the point where, well, hey, I, I, I know it all now. I'm, I'm spiritual now. I'm religious. You've got to continue to sti- still have a childlike heart. Because one thing I'm discovering is that the more that I know, what? The more I don't know. The more I know, the more I really don't know. And all we really have is to fling ourselves to the hands of God and say, God, here's my life. Musicians, if you'd like to come. And notice those demons, legion of demons, thousands of demons said, don't don't just cast us out into the country, but but put us in those swine. And so in Jesus' commanded them to leave this man. They invaded a flock of swine. And even the pigs, as I said, couldn't stand the demons. Now, th- This was a part uh, uh, of the geographical location of this place in Gadara was a part where Israelites were, were really quite backslidden. They mixed the belief in one God with the other religions. And, and, and you know, Jews weren't allowed to eat pork. And yet here they are growing Uh, cultivating or uh, um, having a livestock of pigs. And the Bible says that when they saw the man who had a reputation for cutting himself, for living in the tombs, this is the extreme case, that the people, when they saw it, they were upset because now their livelihood was was taken. They lost 2,000 pigs. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Russell had a couple of pigs in New Zealand. He had in, in a place called Rua Kaka where they live. Uh, the biggest pigs I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> use it for church. The Bible says when they saw this man, he was fully clothed. And in his right mind. We are not in our right mind. Remember, the mind is, is what God created of us. That's what differentiates us and all other creatures in this world is this mind, the ability to think. And our minds are so powerful that, that every kind of invention in this world, technology, it was all birthed, first of all. somebody's mind. And the mind, we have the capacity... To undergo any kind of circumstance, the most extreme of circumstances in the world, under the sea, uh, in the highest mountains, we have this capacity. If our minds are willing, we have the ability to live in any other condition in this world. They even send man to the moon. They even send people in space to live there for months without any gravity. We have... a the ability in our minds to adapt to any kind of situation to live in. But can I tell you, the saddest condition that mankind has found himself to live in is to live with sin that destroys, that brings death and destruction. But, folks, today, can I tell you, just like this man, we can be set free. I remember Brother Slack, one of his most famous sermons. He preached at the conference. You remember that? He preached about the story how this man would come home. Jesus said to him, go back to your family. Go back to your people. He said, Brother Slack would say, he'd come home with a bunch of flowers to his wife say, Honey, I'm home. I've met Jesus. And I'm now in my right mind. Hallelujah to God. Tonight, today... God is able to set you free. It doesn't matter who you are. Regardless of how dark your situation is. If there is a willing mind, a heart that says, God, I, I believe in you. I'm willing, Lord. I, I trust in you. I, I, I'm trusting in your word, in your promises. And so I'm coming now as, a, as your son who is in need of deliverance, who is in need to being set free, to being healed, I'm telling you, Jesus is more than willing that at the point of repentance and changing your mind, the power of God will, be, will descend upon you and you could be set free. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift your voices right now? Begin to talk to the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you for setting us free today. Thank you that we have a mind that can talk to you and that can communicate with you. Lord, we thank you that we can hear your voice and you speak to us in our hearts. You speak to us, Lord, to our minds through your word, by virtue of your spirit. And so today, Lord God, help us To have a right mind to continue to establish the habits of thought the habits of good thinking and to remove the stinking thinking from our lives that we may walk in the victory that you're promised every child of God Lord every dysfunctional mode of thinking every stronghold that is uh, uh, derived from a lie every stronghold that comes from the lie of the enemy Lord, we tear it down today. We, we pull it down through the authority of your name, Lord Jesus. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Through the name of Jesus, today, Lord God, we open our hearts to you to receive your promise, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, to receive your forgiveness and repentance. Hallelujah, we open our hearts today in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. As you're standing there today, I want to ask you if you come with a friend or somebody that, that you would like to come to this altar. We have ministers and leaders that are making their way. But this is now your opportunity to respond to what you've heard. If God has spoken to you here today, I want to ask you to come out of your seats and come to this This front area here, you can stand, you can kneel, you can sit, but why don't you give your mind and your heart as an offering to the Lord and say, God, I'm dedicating my mind. I'm filling my heart. I'm giving my soul and my heart to you. If you've never made your peace with God, maybe you feel separated from the Lord. I want to invite you to call out to him, and he will answer you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He cares for you with a, with a passion and a compassion that, that only a loving father has for his children. So why don't you reach out wherever you are if you want to repent and be baptized in his name. Today is the day of salvation. Today as, today as you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, but be willing be open and surrendered and submitted to God, and He will answer you. Hallelujah. This altar is open. Why don't we reach out to the Lord? Ministers and leaders, connect group leaders, and your wives. Why don't you come and pray for those that are here? All of our leaders, please come. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God wherever you are. Give your mind as a living sacrifice for the Spirit of God to consume, to fill, to anoint, and to empower.